are a firefighter and an EMS professional. You put your life on the line every day for others. You are a part of a worldwide brotherhood of dedicated servants, and you deserve better. We are often our own worst enemies, and it's time to own it. Let's work to improve and challenge the status quo. That change starts with us, right here, right now. In every situation we're faced with, as we see a need, we own it, and we act. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited. Hey everyone, my name is Ryan Rodriguez and I'm the founder and your host for the Ignited Firefighter Podcast. The Ignited Movement is a battalion of firefighters who challenge the status quo through a forum dedicated to self-improvement and accountability. In each of these episodes, we discuss a myriad of different things challenging the fire service today, from leadership and tactics to how to improve ourselves physically as well as mentally. We aim to civilize the mind but make savage the body. And even though the focus is on the fire service, topics and principles we discuss span all kinds of professions. That being said, let's get started. Let's start this episode out with a little fable, shall we? A father took his small daughter to a baseball game one day, and they made their way towards the stadium. As they did, the father had a firm grip on his daughter's arm as they crossed the street, and the young girl had pushed his hand away, and as they made their way across, a driver ran a red light and was headed straight for them. The father, paying attention to his surroundings, quickly grabbed his daughter by the arm and pulled her to safety, saving her life. Once they'd made their way to the other side of the street, and the father stopped yelling expletives at the careless driver, the young daughter started crying and pointing at her father, saying, Daddy, you hurt me. Astonished, he said, Honey, I saved your life. She said, No, Daddy, you hurt me. They found their seats and started watching the game. It wasn't until the fourth inning that the young girl was willing to smile and climb up into her father's lap, ultimately forgiving him. This young father was more concerned with protecting the life of his precious daughter than he was with his own popularity at the moment. This is the mentality of a servant. This is servant leadership. In today's episode, we'll focus on leadership, specifically servant leadership, and what it means and how it looks. We'll also discuss some of the steps we can take in order to get in the right mindset of this particular kind of leadership. Leaders need to do things that are sometimes hard for the people that they lead, just like in the story I just read to you. In the moment, they may not like what you're doing, but a leader must sometimes pull those they lead into arenas that may make them feel uncomfortable. It is in those moments of discomfort that we will be required to rise to meet a challenge, or simply, we won't. When we don't meet that challenge, our leader is there supporting us when we feel like we need the help, or they should be anyway. It's that leader's job to help us shore up the weaknesses that may be holding us back so that we can grow to a higher potential and improve. More and more people are seeing positions of leadership as a reward instead of a responsibility. I see it all the time. These people aren't even willing to do the basic tasks of their job. I just saw this the other day while on duty, actually. Uh, In the most populated and busiest station, once dinner was done and chores needed to be done, 
the captain retreated to his room and didn't clean up a mess that he contributed to in any way. He didn't help at all. Did nothing. I don't even think he pushed his chair in. And it's my personal belief that no person, no individual in a leadership position is above the most menial task at the firehouse. This includes scrubbing toilets. I don't care who you are. If you reside at the station, you are not above any task that needs to be done there. These are the types of people that see their role and their position as their end of the road or a lifetime reward for the years they've been a part of the organization. Kind of like a, an award for working, quote, really hard and being there for a long time. They're driven by selfish, selfish delusion of, now it's my time to sit back and relax. Now it's my time to be the king. I once witnessed a local fire chief of a pretty large fire department here in the Phoenix metro area picking up trash outside the admin building on his last day before retirement. This is a perfect example of servant leadership. He was actively showing that no one is above the most menial job within the organization. What people in leadership roles need to realize is that their responsibility is greater than ever. If they have the idea that they've arrived and they don't have to do much, they won't be willing to do the hard stuff that is required of them. Leadership is a responsibility and should be approached and viewed as such. In order to make sure that this happens, the people put in these positions should be vetted in their motivations. Let's stop promoting people who are really only about themselves, who really are just hungry. They're not humble or smart. Let's stop promoting people who are driven by selfish desires and are making backdoor deals to advance into positions where they aren't suited for what leadership really is. Like they'll get into, they may get into that position, but they're not going to thrive in it. And they're only just going to contribute to a toxic environment. They're going to ultimately wind up unhappy because they're not suited for that position. And when somebody is in a position where they're incapable of completing the tasks or the requirements of that position, they're going to be miserable. And then guess who they're going to take that out on? Their family, their crews, anybody around them. You may have heard of the term servant leadership before. Um, that's the subject, obviously, of this episode. People talk about the different styles of leadership, and there, is, there are um, multiple different styles out there. But servant leadership has been brought up a lot lately in uh, circles of conferences and presentations that I've seen and been to. However, I feel like people should stop talking about servant leadership, quote unquote, and just refer to it as leadership. Because in essence, it's the only real kind of leadership there is. It's the only kind of valid leadership there is, anyway, in my opinion. We must make it unacceptable for people to be put into positions of leadership if they think it's all about them. We need to restore the motivation for wanting to be a leader in the first place, recategorize it, reprogram people so that they understand that it's, it's not just you get to sit in this big throne and just have people serve you. In fact, it's the opposite. You should have the mindset that you are becoming more of a servant as you promote and as you get positions, authoritative positions of leadership within your organization. This ideal starts with us individually through self-assessment. So in the spirit of that, 
I've got six focal points that I'm going to be talking about that we can use to help us stay on track and be focused on having a servant leader mindset. <clears throat> First focal point, we have to check our own intentions. If you aren't doing the things that only you as a leader can do, then you aren't doing your job. This is where the ability to be introspective comes in. You must be willing and able to identify whether or not your actions serve yourself or those around you. If you don't think you have this ability, that's fine. That, the fact that you're able to be aware of your inability to be introspective is introspection. But if you want some help, you should, still, you should uh, recruit someone close to you to help keep you accountable. It just is an added layer of accountability. And honestly, I would even say, if you think you are good at introspection, you should still have someone in your sphere who's a good sounding board. This will help you have a built-in system of accountability, another layer, so you can stay focused on the mission rather than your own self-interest. It helps keep ego in check big time. Second focal point, we must be willing to hold other leaders accountable. Humbly and respectfully make them aware of the abdication of their responsibility. When people aren't held to a standard, the idea of a consistent workforce or effort goes completely undermined, and standards decrease, if not disappear entirely. I've said it before, what gets measured gets improved. Having a clear and present standard for how your organization or even your crew operates will allow you to quantify your culture and set the tone for your everyday operations. If it's unclear what the standard is, then people will go off and do whatever they want, which is usually what results in freelancing on the fire ground, on the physical fire ground, or in somebody's attitude. They go off, they kind of do their own thing. Instead of coming together as a team should, people will wind up separating themselves and operating according to their own standard, their own accord, if they even have a standard for themselves at all. The reason this is so important is because in order to accomplish a clear mission, the parameters for operating need to be known in order to be successful. Otherwise, how are you going to accomplish the mission? Focal point number three, we must learn to like meetings. Yeah, I know. We hate going to those meetings. We hate sitting through them. But think about it this way. Leaders must look at meetings as a way to gain and, and share clarity. If you're in a leadership position and you hate meetings, then you're in the wrong position. People hate meetings that have no substance. And if you're, you're in a leadership position and hate meetings, well, then you're doing them wrong. Then you need to understand that, that something needs to change. People hate the types of meetings that have no substance because nothing productive happens. They don't leave with a takeaway. They don't leave with a sense of urgency or uh, any kind of call to action. A lot of times people come away from meetings with more questions than answers, which is why they hate meetings so much. <laughs> it just leaves them more confused because they, have, they don't have that clarity that the leader is supposed to provide. <clears throat> it's your job when hosting a meeting to make sure that there's a purpose and a takeaway from every meeting you hold. A takeaway, a call to action, something that's going to engage your people. And how do you do that? You do it with a written agenda. 
you don't necessarily have to share it with everybody. I would say share it with everybody because that just adds to the transparency of things. But make sure that you have a plan. Don't go in and shoot from the hip. Nobody wants to hear your stories from 1985 or how you fought fire back in the day and this and that. That doesn't matter. Unless you're using that story as a way to learn and grow and look forward and move forward as a culture and as an organization, nobody gives a crap. And you shouldn't expect people to. That's just ego talking about your glory days. And who cares? Nobody gives a crap about that stuff. Write down specific talking points and stay focused. This is the key to a productive meeting. One thing to remember is that every meeting should end with a, with a round table. I don't care if it's a 10-minute uh, meeting or a two-hour meeting. The people you're meeting with need an opportunity to ask questions to gain clarity. And this is your opportunity as a leader or somebody involved or charged with holding that meeting to provide it to them. As a leader, you're responsible for three things. Providing clarity, providing clarity, and providing clarity. Focal point number four. We must manage people. Leaders must manage adults, even though they're adults. And I get it. People don't want to be treated like kids. And that's not what I'm saying. People need direction, and the standards must be kept by everyone, period. Once the standard has been set, it's your job as a leader and a teammate to help people stay on the track. One key thing to remember is that if you're managing yourself, you won't put that burden on your team or the people that are charged with being your supervisor. It helps make things easier. It helps facilitate the process. Everyone needs a system in place for managing themselves. Again, a built-in system of accountability of some sort needs to happen. It needs to be there. Whether it's a close friend or a crewmate or joining a mastermind where you can talk about open issues specific to you and your career with others just like you all over the world. It's important to have a sphere of people who you can trust that are willing to give you honest feedback and not judge you. If you're walking around being a butthole to everyone, but you're completely unaware, then you'll drive yourself into a cultural corner that you won't be able to come out of. Focal point number five. We must repeat ourselves constantly. Let me repeat that. We must repeat ourselves constantly. Repeat your mission, your code of conduct, and any goal you're trying to work toward. Be open about it. And don't steal another organization's mission. If you do, your people will see right through you and take it as a sign that they're not worth investing their time in. Or that, that, that you or what you're trying to do isn't worth, isn't worth them investing their time in. They'll see it as an insult. And they'll see it as if they aren't worth the individual attention that your organization and your people deserve. Think about it. Would Ford Motor Company ever think to steal the slogan, like a rock, after Chevrolet has spent so much time and money fostering it? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. To think that the people at Ford would willingly embrace a slogan of their competitor is ludicrous. Whether or not it's the truth, the largest fire department in my region is the Phoenix Fire Department. They have a slogan. They have a legacy of customer service. Uh, their late fire chief, Alan Brunicini, coined the term be nice and literally wrote the book on fire service customer service. Their slogan, Be Nice, is simple, and it expresses 
to the membership the attitude they should have when dealing with anyone from the chief to the person that calls 911 every shift for their toe that hurts to those that are in need in fires or EMS calls, whatever the case may be. Or if you just talk to someone in a grocery store, be nice. If another local organization tried to take that slogan and brand it as their own, it would immediately be rejected and mocked, and rightfully so. The main reason this would happen is because everyone knows that this is Phoenix Fire's thing. And to try to take it would be an open display of disingenuous leadership and would completely undermine anything currently established. Define your mission, vision, and values and repeat them all the time. And don't steal another organization's slogan. Don't do it. It's inorganic. It doesn't come from the heart. It's fake. And when people see you openly (laughs) not making an effort to be genuine, what makes you think they're going to want to be genuine with anything when it comes to dealing with you? That's ludicrous. Final focal point. We must confront difficult conversations. So many leaders avoid having difficult conversations. And if it continues, the entire organization will suffer. People are afraid of confrontation. They, they see it as a bad word. And I don't see it that way. I confront issues as they come up. That doesn't mean I want to hit them with a hammer. If the case calls for it, then so be it. But it's about having that confrontation, addressing an issue, solving the problem, and moving forward. Conversations are where things happen. They're where things come to light. Issues get talked about. Solutions get offered. If you're in a leadership position and you have someone on your crew who has something to say and you kick them under the table or you're like, "Uh uh-uh, don't say that, Mm -mm, mm -mm," then you're part of the problem. You're stifling open dialogue. You are stifling open conversation. And all you're doing is adding frustration and resentment among the ranks, which feeds right into that pool of toxicity. With the incredible amount of diverse people within the fire service and the many different professional and trade backgrounds that we come from, there's bound to be a solution that someone can offer. To ignore it is to condone stagnation, and nobody wants to work in that environment. Hey guys, it's time to wrap things up. Keep in mind, if people in leadership roles aren't willing to do these things, then they don't deserve to be in those positions. And if you'll notice, accountability is a huge theme when it comes to the actions that we can take. Ultimately, we all hold leadership roles to one extent or another. Our goals should be focused on being the best leader we can be within our scope. And we do that by serving others. As we refine ourselves within our arena, the probability of moving into our desired leadership position increases. And if you're looking for a good way to challenge yourself and want to harness the power of the leader within you, I've put together a six-week program called Crew Builder that can help jumpstart the process while building your relationship with your crew at the same time. It's a six-week program, and during the six weeks, I'll personally guide you through a set of challenges and assignments that are going to help you build a relationship of true brotherhood with your crew. These challenges and assignments are going to force you outside of your comfort zone. 
And as we all know, complacency kills. It's because we've become so comfortable in our profession that we're dying off due to heart disease and we're making mistakes on the fire ground that are costing us our lives. By being a part of Crew Builder, you're making a conscious decision to fight that complacency and build something great, a true brotherhood among the ranks. At the same time, you'll refine your leadership skills and taking the initiative. So be on the lookout in June as I'll be posting the details of Crew Builder on my website, www.ignitedff.com, and we'll get started sometime in July. It'll be a great experience for all involved, and I look forward to seeing you in the course and getting to know you and learning your perspective. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, if you see a need, own it and take action. Be the ideal firefighter you would want on your crew. Be ignited.